do or commit, however you want to look at it. And you think, how can somebody be so cold-hearted or have no conscience or however you want to look at it, but uh, we've got to be reminded it goes back that it tells us nobody can know the heart. It's evil. Yeah. And only evil proceeds from it. And the heart that hasn't been changed by Christ uh, and, and continues to grow more evil and more evil, you, you see the result of it sometimes. And, and what man does, not only uh, in this world, but what man does to, to one another. Yeah. Uh, there is no sanctity or, or uh, uh, no respect for human life. There's, there's no respect for other human beings. Uh, and it's uh, basically what the scripture tells us not to do is rendering evil for evil. Right. Uh, and we see it very rampant. And, and uh, sometimes I wonder, and, and maybe it's never been this bad before, but maybe there's been periods that it, it, it had been pretty bad, but you didn't have social media, you didn't have Facebook and all these other things. And everybody throwing the videos out there of what was going on. You know, used to, you pick up a newspaper, you, you read what happened several days ago, and maybe in another country now, it's immediate. Uh, you see the video on TV or whatever, and, and news, news is just, just like that. And, uh, we, we know a whole lot more than we used to know, and I'm not so sure sometimes that's a good thing. Amen. Right. Amen. Uh, Happy Bibles, just going to go over a few verses tonight, uh, very familiar verses. We'll look at David once again. Uh, but a, a time in his life that, that he speaks of, of God coming to his rescue. And I think as we look at this, we can look at it from a couple of different perspectives. Uh, from the unsaved perspective as well as uh, from the child of God or the saved. So the, uh, the few verses we're going to read tonight are in Psalms 40. Psalms 40. And I'm just going to read. I, I've preached out here. I've read several verses. I've read the whole psalm. I've got marks all over. Uh, this this uh, chapter in my Bible. But just going to look at the, the first three verses in the scripture tonight. And basically David says here, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Uh, Brother Charlie says this a lot, and speaks of this a lot, this next verse. Brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of my clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goal. And it says, he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Uh, David starts out there with uh, the first statement that he makes is something sometimes uh, that's difficult for you and I to do. And he says there that I waited patiently for the Lord. Uh, I'm sure that each and every one of us tonight, no matter how long, how short of a time that we've been a Christian, we, we've seen our share of struggles, we, we've seen our share of problems, as, as I've said many times, just because you get saved doesn't mean you're not going to have problems anymore. Doesn't mean all the troubles go away and everything's just a rose garden and, and you just sit back and slide right into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Uh, even though we're saved and we're no longer of this world, we're of heaven, folks. When we're born again, that's what we're becoming, uh, heavenly citizens. But we're still in this world. And while we're in this world, we're going to see the things that we see going on. We're going to hear about the things we hear going on. And, and we're going to have our own struggles and trials and troubles that, that as we mentioned this morning, remember Jesus said that we're going to have tribulation. But he also said, be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. But David said here, I waited patiently for the Lord. Now, one of the things, and I've mentioned this several times, I don't know how you are. Some people are, are very, very patient. 
I'm not one of those people. I'm a whole lot better than I used to be, but I'm not where I need to be when it comes to having patience. Uh, many times it's when you're trying to get somewhere at a certain time and, and you just can't get all your ducks in a row and get out the door or uh, you're held up by traffic or, or you're maybe in a store somewhere and, and there's a long line and you don't feel like waiting, whatever. Several times, man, I've stood and I've stood and finally I just put my stuff down and walk out. Now, what good did that do? Did I didn't get what I needed. Uh, and didn't prove a point, didn't show anybody anything, but it's just something that I need to learn, and, and maybe God showed me in those times that uh, patience is something that we need. But we don't like patience sometimes. We don't like to wait. Right. Uh, as you've heard it said many times, we live in, matter of fact, just as I've mentioned about the news and all these social media that we have, we live in an instant society. Yeah. Uh, uh, right now, society, anything and everything is right now, and you can get your hands on it right now. Uh, I was thinking, you know, when we purchased our last vehicle, I can remember a time that you go down to the dealership and you look at the car, you go in, you work out your deal, you fill out the paper, and they might call you two days later. It took them that long to run your credit check and do everything and do all the paperwork. Then you go back and pick it up. Uh, this last one we bought, we went into the dealership, and within an hour, we were driving away. You just see how things have progressed, and we don't have to have patience anymore. And when we don't have to have patience, we have a tendency uh, to let that work against us to where we don't have patience for anything anymore. And you know, the Bible tells us, folks, if you go over and look at what Paul said, and, and he was talking about there, I believe in the book of Romans, about glorying in Jesus Christ. But he also said, we glory in tribulation also. Those know that uh, uh, tribulation work with patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. Now, go back to what it said there. Tribulation worketh patience. Uh, somebody said, and I've probably heard it from more than one all of my life, don't pray for me to have patience. Don't pray that I get patience. Don't pray for me. Hey, because people, we, we relate or we, we tie patience to tribulation. Because here's the truth of the matter. Uh, many times in order for you and I to get the patience we need, we have to go through an experience that requires us to wait and see God move in his time. Yeah. As we know, his ways, his thoughts are higher than ours. His calendar, as a matter of fact, God doesn't have a calendar, folks. God doesn't have a watch. He doesn't have a clock. And when we see that scripture that talks about, says, with the Lord a day is, a, is as a thousand years. Now, that's not saying that every day with God is a thousand years long. What it's saying there is there is no concept of time with God. There's none at all. And when we think about it, folks, what we think is waiting a long time. Sometimes we might have to wait days, weeks, months. Let me tell you, I've heard people testify they've waited years. For an answer to a prayer. Yeah. But if our life is just a vapor that appears for a little time and is gone, how much shorter is that waiting to be? But we can't look at it that way. Why? Because we're confined to the flesh. We're confined to the clock. We're confined to the calendar. We're confined to time. Yeah. But David said here, I waited patiently for the Lord. And look what happened when David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. Amen. Now, one thing that we can be assured of, one thing that we can understand, is that God hears our cry. Yeah, yeah. God hears the cry of the unsaved folks when they're pleading out for salvation. Matter of fact, you go back through history. Do you remember what God told Moses when he called him to lead his people out? He said, you go down and tell them, I've heard their plea. I've heard their cry. I know what's going on. And I'm sending them a, a, a leader to take them out, somebody to deliver them. 
You think about Cornelius. He went and appeared to Peter in a vision, sending him to Cornelius' house. Why? Because Cornelius' prayers came up before God. Yeah. He hears our cries. He knows Amen. what we need. And David said, Here I waited patiently for the, uh, the Lord. He inclined unto me. Yeah. And folks, you think about that incline. We think about recline, way back. The incline is raising up. Yeah. And he said, He heard my cry. You think about that. And listen to what David said that he did. Now remember, we know David's relationship with God. We know that David is probably considered the greatest king of, of all those that were over God's people. We know over the New Testament, it even one of them says there that who God said, we're talking about David, I found him to be a man after my own heart. We know David's shortcomings. We know David's failures. We know David's sin. But we also know that David had a relationship with God that he knew God was there. And, and at the end this time, we, many times we see David crying out for help. Many times we see David crying out in despair. We see him hiding in a cave for his life because there's those that want to kill him. But this time David is saying, I waited patiently. Yeah. Oh, how many times have we had an experience with God? And it's went a little while. We, we've grown a little weary. We've grown a little tired. We even get to the point that we wonder if God even listens or cares. He hears, he cares, and he listens. Amen. But yet, as we said, it's going to be in his time and in his way. And David said here, this is what he done for me. said, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Now, for whatever time it was, whatever reason it was in David's life, we see that it was a time that God lifted him out of his despair. That God lifted him. David compared it to there a horrible pit. Uh, we sometimes, and this is where we can make the comparison or, or look at it from the perspective of the unsaved. Uh, you know, we don't realize, folks, when we're unsaved that we're in a horrible pit of sin. We don't realize our condition. We don't realize what waits for us. We may hear it. We may be preached to us. But we don't fully comprehend what's waiting at the end of the line for the unsaved. Bill mentioned there a few minutes ago, you know, judgment. Let me tell you what's coming, folks. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming on this nation. Judgment's coming on this world. Judgment's coming on man. And let me tell you something. If you don't have Jesus Christ, that judgment is not going to be a nice time. And what waits after that judgment is just going to be an eternity of torment, as the Scripture speaks about, for all those whose names are not written in the land of the Lord. When we're unsaved and we're lost, we're in a horrible pit, folks, that we have no way of escaping by ourselves. Now think about that for a minute. Uh, think about a horrible pit. I'm reminded of the prophet Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. We know that Jeremiah was called by God. Matter of fact, God called him before he was ever born. Before he was ever born, he said. And then he had a job for him to do, and it was to take God's word to the people. And whenever Jeremiah would give them God's word, it wasn't satisfactory. They didn't like it. You know, it, it, somebody would ask, is there a word from the Lord? But you had a handful out here. They'd say, yeah. And they'd just tell the kings or whoever what they wanted to hear and say it was from the Lord. Well, that's good enough for me. But when Jeremiah came along with the truth, he made enemies. Jeremiah come along and tells them what the Word of God said. They didn't like it. And it rubbed them the wrong way. Even his own kinfolk. And there was a time that Jeremiah found himself. And it was a place called the, the Well of Malachi, if I'm not mistaken. A sister and having to look at it. And they even threw Jeremiah down in the well. When he was down in that well, folks, if you've ever seen one of these cisterns that I'm going to look at, it, even during times of the dry season, it's nothing but mud that you sink down in. And sinking and sinking, but somebody come to his rescue. And David is saying here that God came to my rescue and brought me up out of this horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Yeah. Think about this, that miry clay, I may have related to you before, I remember as a young boy. 
And uh, growing up in the summers, I'd go down and visit family in Richmond, Virginia, and would stay there on the south side of Richmond. And uh, there was one place down at the end of the neighborhood they called the Clay Pits. And uh, there would be those that would have uh, motocross motorcycles. They'd go out there and ride. We'd ride our bicycles out there. And, and man, you go down to the Clay Pits, and let me tell you something, on, on hot, dry, sunny days, it was just like cement. Man, you get down there when it's rain and you've had some wet time, you start sinking down there. It pull your shoes off your feet. And you think sometimes you're going to get down there and you start sinking, you're not going to be able to get out. You have to have somebody to help you get out. And this is what David, I was sinking in that miry clay. I was in that horrible pit. But listen to what God did. He brought me up. Yeah. Not only did he hear me, yeah. <laughs> but he brought me out. Yeah. David said and that's what we have to understand, get a hold of what he's saying here. Not only does he hear us, not only does he incline into what we are, are praying or seeking him about, but when the time comes, he'll also bring us up out of that situation. He'll bring us out of that miry clay. And listen to what David said. He set my feet upon a rock. Think about that. Now we consider Christ our rock. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, it talks about in the scripture that rock that followed them in the wilderness was Christ. Yeah. We talk about Jesus, and you know, there's some people that want to tell you today, well, he said Peter's the rock. That's not what he's saying. He's saying the, the, the statement that Peter made, the proclamation that he is the Christ, he is the Son of God. That's what the church is built upon and founded upon. And Jesus himself said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the solid rock. And David said, when he brought me out of that miry clay, when he brought me out of that horrible pit, he set my feet upon a rock. Not just any rock for you and I tonight, folks, but the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. When we're founded on the rock, listen, anything that's built on the rock yeah. is going to stand. Just as Jesus told in one of his parables, he said, he that hears the words that I say and, and, and goes out and does them is like the man that built his house upon a rock. But he that hears the words and doeth them not is like the man that built his house upon the sand. And if you look as Jesus describes those two individuals, the one building on the rock and the one building on the sand, both of them face the, the storm, both of them face the wind, both of them face the same trials, but only one stood and it was the one that was founded and built upon the rock. You have to have that solid foundation, folks, and, and Jesus Christ truly is the foundation that we need in our lives today. Amen. Not only did he say he set my feet upon a rock, but he said he established my glory. Yeah. He gave me a new direction. He gave me a new way. Amen. He laid out a new path for me. Yeah. What we don't understand or, or tend to understand when we're unsaved is, is we're on a, a, a crash course, folks. We're on a course that leads to nothing but destruction, nothing but, but sorrow, nothing but, listen, eternal, as we said, judgment that's going to be coming upon those. But when he establishes our glory, he puts us on a new course. We're no longer on that road to hell, but we're on that road to glory. We're no longer Amen. walking that sinful lifestyle, but we've been born again. And he establishes our goings, and he leads us, guides us, and directs us down the way that he would have us to go. Amen. Brother Kim said it. Jesus said in the book, he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Mm -hmm. Not only will he never leave us nor forsake us, but he'll never guide us down the wrong path. He'll never lead us down the wrong road, folks. He'll always keep us in the right way. Now, that doesn't mean that we're always going to follow it faithfully as we should. And folks, if you look back through the, the word of God from the beginning to end, God has always, always, always been faithful to man. Yeah. But man has not always been faithful to God. 
it's no different today. And folks, there's times in our life, God will give us a clear path. God will give us a clear route that, that he would have us to go when he established our going. But we may choose to go off the side road sometimes. We may choose, Brother Kenneth, to take this path that, that maybe looks a little, little more easier or whatever it may be. There's sometimes we look at the road that God has laid ahead and we think it might be too hard. There, there's got to be an easier way. And you know what? Maybe for some people you might see it as an easier way, but there's no better way than the way that God sets out before us when he establishes our goal. David went on to say, you put a new song in my mouth. This may not be exactly what David's talking about, but how many of you when you got saved, your speech changed. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> your vocabulary changed. And folks, that's what takes place. As the scripture says, if a man be found in Christ, what? He's a new preacher. That's right. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Yeah. It's not just a, a functional process we go through, but it's a transformation that we begin becoming a child of God and be born again. And everything about us changes. And David said there, he put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. This came to my mind the other day. I don't know if you remember, Brother Keith was talking about testifying after he got saved. And so they were gathered together. I don't know if it's the minds or what, Brother Keith, but somebody asked you to pray for the, food, for the meal or food, lunch, whatever it was. And somebody down the section there said, man, that sounds like Keith Castro. And that means Keith, I know. I'm, I'm saying that, but that's probably what the mindset went for all of us, though. Right. Man, that ain't the one that I used to know. That ain't the one I used to run. That don't sound like the man that I, I grew up with. Yeah. Thank God that I'm not the man, or you're not the woman that you used yeah. to be. Yeah. But we've been changed in Jesus Christ, and he has put a new song in our mouth. Now listen to this next one. Even praise unto our God. Amen. That's right. Praise the Lord. Yes. Worthy. When you get to walk with God, let me tell you something. It, it becomes natural. Yeah. You know, first, when you get saved, well, praise the Lord. You go back to you and But then the closer you get to God, the stronger you walk in God, and the more you, your relationship grows with Him, man, it's thank God, praise the Lord. Everything you hear, man, if somebody calls and asks you to pray for something, and, and they send you a text, or they call you, praise the Lord, the first words out of your mouth. And it's praise that we're God. We've got so much to praise Him for. Amen. Yeah. I know there's many times most of the people may look around today and say, well, preacher, what do we have to praise him for? If we're saved today, if yeah. our names right. are written in the Lamb's book of life, we've been born again, filled with the Spirit of God, washed in the blood, let me tell you something, we can't praise him enough. Amen. We can't thank him enough. We can't give him enough glory for what he's done just for saving us. That's right. But I don't know of one person that God has saved and never did anything else for. It's a daily blessing. A daily time of mercy and grace that we need as we walk with him. But listen to what David says here, folks. And this is what's important. He put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see. Yeah. Sometimes we think we don't make a difference. Yeah. Sometimes we think we're not having an impact. Sometimes we think, well, what I do doesn't matter to me. Let me tell you something. One person can make a difference. Man. One person standing for God. One person being a witness for God. One person just living a life for God without even saying anything can make a difference in the life of others. I've heard it over and over and over again. Amen. Matter of fact, I've shared it with you probably several times. When I first started pastoring here, and I, I met a man one day on the job. I was working for the power company. And we got to talking, and, and, and I was telling him I just came here and started pastoring. And, and uh, next thing I did, that's Jimmy Berry's church. 
And he said, well, it's not to the church, but I, he said, you know what? And I said, yeah. He said, that man had a big impact on me getting saved. Mm -hmm. I said, praise the Lord. You know, I'm thinking you. He's witnessing to him. He wasn't He said, when we worked together in mines, he said, I'd come in hungover. I'd come in grumbling, complaining, and said, Jimmy never put me down, never uh, insulted me. said, he just said he prayed for me. But the life he lived in front of me, he said, made a difference to me. Folks, sometimes we've got to understand the life that we live is a praise for God. The life that we live is a witness and, and gives God glory. And he says there, what, that many shall see it and fear. And what's going to be the result of that? They're going to trust in the Lord. Yeah. You know, I know we're faithful, and I know many times here within the house of God that, that we stand and give God glory. We stand and tell how He answered our prayers. We stand and, and tell how He came to our rescue. And those times of desperation, He brought us up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. Those times that He's given us direction. It's easy to do it in here, but how often do we do it outside these walls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our service for God is, is everywhere, all the time. That's right. And if people see what we have in God, now, I'm not going to tell you you're going to go out and change the world. It's not going to happen. The world's going to go in a direction that it's going because it's the world. That's right. But yet people can be affected by your witness, by my witness, by our testimony, and by letting them know what God has done for us. And many times just by the life we live in their midst. David said, I waited patiently. If you think about all these verses that I read, that's probably the most that we'll struggle with is waiting patiently. Because the devil wants to take advantage of those times and say, look, God doesn't care. God doesn't hear. He's not going to do that. The devil doesn't know everything, folks. Sometimes we, we give him a, a, a sense of more power than he actually has. He's powerful. He's not all powerful. He's knowing. He's not all knowing. And he's not all present. Folks, he's not everywhere at all times. Now, he's got his spirits that are out there doing their work for him. But yet, God is great. And if we just patiently wait on the Lord, we can be assured today he will incline unto us and he hears our cry. Very simple tonight. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Everybody has a need, burden, trouble, or trial, whatever it is. Take it to the Lord. You may have to wait patiently on it. It may be a season of waiting. It may be hours. It may be weeks. It may be months. And it may be years. But God hears. And God's timing is perfect. He's never late. And he's never early. But we just need to trust him and put our faith in him. All right. God bless you. Appreciate each and